Glory, glory, glory. Well, I'm about to lose my mic here. Hey, let's keep standing. Hallelujah. Let's keep standing. Let's lift your hands and start praising the Lord right now. Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe Jesus is here? I want you to do something with me. I get the guys in the prisons and sometimes a love lady do this. I want us to three times. I want you to just say it and just be saying it. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say this three times with me. You ready? Jesus. 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 (laughs) There is no other name that causes heaven to stand up and gets heaven's attention. And there is no other name that'll put hell on the run. You know, you want to, you know, if you had hell going on in your life this week, you know how to put it on the run? You start declaring and proclaiming the name of Jesus. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today and forever. I see a lot of times, a lot of people, they, a lot of Christian people like to put things in the past or put things off in the future, but there's that middle part. He's the same yesterday and today. He, he doesn't change. He never will change. You know, if he changed just a little bit, our faith is in vain. Our faith is useless. We're wasting our time here. But Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed or harassed of the devil, for God was with him. When the anointing begins to flow, good things begin to happen. How many come expecting good things here today? He is a deliverer. He is a healer. And I don't care if you come in bound up with anything. Today is your day to be set free. Amen. Oh, come on now. Say, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. You know, Christian people, we got, you know, there's so much going on in the world. I, I, I think I may have said this before, but if you notice, there's two documents that declares our freedoms of, as Americans and as Christians that have been under attack, not from without, but from within the, the country and from within the church. It's the Constitution and the Bible. You have ungodly people who want to diminish our Constitution as nothing more than a piece of paper. And sadly to say, you got many people in the church who want to diminish this book and make it no more than an encyclopedia. This is the Word of God. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is inerrant. There is no error. It is the written word of God. And when the written word of God gets in your heart and becomes the spoken word, it becomes the sword of the spirit. You know, if we allow people to diminish the value, we have no faith. If we can't, if, if this book is not absolute truth, absolute authority, then our faith is useless. Our faith is in vain. But I don't know about you, I believe in the Constitution of America, that it is God-given, and I believe that this word is God-given and God-breathed. And no matter, it stood the test of time. No matter how many ungodly people come against it, no matter how many unbelieving preachers, and you got a lot of them out there who, who say in this book, only, only, you know, a lot of them saying the Old Testament is no value. Well, what are we going to do? Throw out Psalms and Proverbs with it? I don't listen to it. It's bunk. It's bunk. 
I don't care how many degrees they got behind their name. I don't care how popular they are. My faith is not in somebody's charismatic popularity. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know what he's done for me. I know what he's delivered me from. It's too late to tell me this word is not true. It's too late to tell me Jesus isn't alive. And many of you can testify of what he's done in your life. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. You can be seated. Amen. Did you come ready to receive from the Lord today? I believe the Lord has a word for us today. I believe we're going to leave here encouraged, burning with a blaze. I tell you what, the last two or three weeks, I've had the privilege of sitting in some meeting with some mighty, awesome men of God. Uh, Rod Parsley, Mario Morello, Perry Stone. I mean... I mean, just men of God, voices in America for the church who will not, don't back down from the truth of God's word. And we as individual believers, Christians in our daily life, in our world, we don't need to be intimidated and bullied by the devil, by unbelieving people, by unbelieving Christians. We do not need to back down and back off of our faith in God. And because once you start compromising your faith, you open yourself up to any, all, any and all kind of deception. So uh, I believe what the Lord has laid on my heart this morning to speak about and, and, uh, is, is precious faith. I want you to turn with me to First uh, Peter. Do I need to justice any? Are we good? But I got a story for you. How many like good stories? You can be turned into 2 Peter 1 and Matthew chapter 8. But I kept this. I kept this from when we, we went to Ramah back in 96 and 98, and I kept this. I like watching the, you know, uh, I don't know if you like watching the, the uh, what is it, the Wildlife Channel, was it National Geographic? I like watching things like that, and I was reminded of this last night. The African Impala. You know those, I call, we call them here in the South, those deer. <laughs> African deer, the African impala. They can jump to a height of over 10 feet. They can cover a distance of greater than 30 feet. Yet these magnificent creatures can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a three-foot wall. Think about that. They can jump over 10 feet. They can jump a, a distance of greater than 30 feet, but yet a three-foot wall can keep them enclosed. The animals will not jump if they, cannot, if they cannot see where their feet will land. Think about that. Faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from the flimsy enclosures of life that only fear allows to entrap us. Many of you, God has spoken some things to you. But you know, and you, with faith, faith in God, it's unlimited. But many people do not stand out. You know, the Word of God says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Notice it says the steps of a righteous man, they're ordered. Steps. That means before you can walk in those steps, you've got to take a step. By the fact, he said the steps of a righteous man are order of God. It means you're going to have to take steps of faith. And many times you're going to take steps of faith based on you can't see what lies ahead of you. You just know that you trust him. 
Sonia and I did that. You know, you know, you're always being challenged to grow in faith. But when we went to Oklahoma, all we ever knew, all I, I, I'd never been out of Crenshaw County. We got two red lights. And God's talking to me, moving about to a place where there's more than just one block has, what, 20, 30 red lights. And so, man, we, you know, I just knew God, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into all the story. I just knew God spoke to us to go to Oklahoma. And so we went. We went out there, didn't even have a job ready. I just knew, when you got a word from God, you, when you really got a genuine word from God, and he says go, and when he says go, you, you know, sometimes, yeah, there's times we need to use common sense, but don't let common sense talk you out of faith either. There's a balance there. You understand what I'm saying? Real faith it's not going to cause you to do something foolish, but yet real faith will cause you to do things that look foolish to people who don't believe. You understand what I'm saying? But we went out there, no jobs. We had a place secured, no job. I just knew God was going to provide. We went out there and we got jobs, but we were making less money, but the income was still going out. And do you know God took care of us? He took care of us. I mean, I, there's many stories I could go into, but you can't, just like that impala, it's easy to let fear keep you grounded. And you know in your heart God has spoke to you to do something. But we let something as simple as fear, well, I can't, I can't. But if we'll just take one step, we'll just take one step of faith, we'll step into that grace that God has given us that will cause us to be able to do everything that he has called us to do. And it's really important in these days and in times Right now, to, to not be playing around with things. And it's important. You start, you know, whatever God's put in your heart, you start believing him, trusting him. To, I always say, Lord, lead me to divine connections, divine opportunities. Lead me to the right people. Lead the right people to me. Because you just don't want anybody speaking into your life. You just don't want to be connected with anybody. Because the devil will send the wrong people to keep you sidetracked. He'll send family to get you sidetracked. Because it would have been easy to stay in Louvre in the comfortable surroundings of what I was used to with family. But I'd have missed out on a whole lot. So we're going to talk about precious faith this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, he's talking to us. Yes, he was talking to them back then, but he's talking to us today here at the Gathered Church. I want you to put your finger on your chest. Say, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Peter, is talking to me right now. So he's saying, uh, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith. If you're born again, you've obtained like precious faith. I want you to keep in mind, precious faith. You've obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 3 talks about when you're born again, he said that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. When you were born again, God dealt to you a measure, the measure of his kind of faith. 
whether you acknowledge it or aware of it now, you have something on the inside of you that is more powerful than any financial distress you may be in this morning. You have something more powerful in you than any sickness or disease that may be against you. You have something more powerful in you than any family problems, than any legal problems. It is the faith of God. And faith didn't, you know, I, man, I tell you, I enjoy, I enjoy feeding off of good ministers. You know, I, you know, I've mentioned, you know, Brother Keith Moore, Brother Hagan, Brother Copeland, but you know faith didn't originate with them. Faith has been here as long as God's been here. God's eternal. Faith, faith is precious. And God thought it was so precious that when you were born again, you've been dealt that measure of faith, the God kind of faith. Whoo, man, glory to God. It's in you right now. When you were born again, Ephesians 2.8 says, by grace we were saved, how? Through faith. And that's how you're going to walk in steps that God's ordered for you. The same way you were born again, the way we operate in the kingdom, of the, God, the kingdom of God is the same way we operate daily. In, the same way we were born again is the same way that we operate in the kingdom of God. By grace, you were saved through faith. Your faith met the grace of God, and he made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And when God has spoken, I, I, say, I know there's some people of God has spoke some things to you. And today, fear is going to leave you. Fear from stepping out. That was strong in my heart this morning. It was strong in my heart last night. But that God, the God has a specific thing he wants to get to some people today. He's going, you're going to be set free while you're sitting here. Fear from stepping out into the plan of God that God has called you. Fear of thinking about, well, what are people going to say about me? They know about my past. You don't think God knew about your past? You don't think God knew about Paul's past? <laughs> Some people's going to have a road on the way to Damascus experience today in your heart. Amen. God's going to turn some things in your heart suddenly. He turned some things suddenly for Paul, didn't he? Amen. This God, God hasn't ceased suddenlies. If we believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we believe he's here right now. I believe I believe he's here. Man, I don't know about you. I sense his presence right now. I'm going to tell you, when the anointing is present, we need to yield to it. We need to honor it because the Lord wants to do something. He wants to, he wants to get something to you. And anytime he wants to change something, he speaks his word. And when he speaks his word, it's to accomplish something. And his word will not come back void. He said, my word will accomplish whatever I send it to. It will accomplish but see, your faith is going to connect with that grace. And when your faith connects with that grace, whoo, you're going to say, man, why did I sit back so long? Why didn't I step into that? Well, today's the day you're going to be, somebody's already being set free from fear. You can sense it now. You're already being set free. Who the son is set free is free indeed. Amen. We're talking about precious faith. So you were born again. Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one. He said, "We've attained like precious faith through the righteousness of God." Second Corinthians five twenty one. He talks about that God. You know, I, I like my favorite scripture, verse seventeen, where it says, "If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away; all things have become new." But Second Corinthians five twenty one says, "God made Jesus." 
to be sin for who? Us. Why, why did he do that? That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. And we have obtained like precious faith through that righteousness. And just as righteousness, it's not something you try to get. You, you can't grow any more righteous than you are right now. And we can stand in the presence of God just as Jesus does. He is our righteousness. I'm not trying to be. It had got nothing to do with how you feel. Because there's days when I wake up, man, if I was going how I felt, I don't feel like a Christian. But my faith is not based on how I feel or I don't feel. Amen. But so you, well, I don't feel like I've obtained a precious faith. Well, the word of God says you've obtained like precious faith through that same righteousness. Well, if you can believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ, then you can believe that you have obtained precious faith. We've seen the word says that you've obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God. So if I became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I have obtained like precious faith through that righteousness. Man. Boy, I don't know about you, but I tell you, I may, I may take off running here in a minute. <laughs> Brother Hagen used to say, uh, I've heard him say it time and time again, the word will work wonders for you when you get excited about it, <laughs> when you get thrilled about it. Amen. And if you feel like a little dance in your shoe, get up. I run, I run, hey, I run into prisons. Them guys, some of them there look at me like I'm crazy. But that's okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. What makes faith precious? What gives faith, real God kind of faith, its value? Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says that if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, my preaching is, is in vain, and it says our faith is in vain. What, give, what gives our faith its value? What gives our faith it, it, its what makes faith, real faith, priceless? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, if Christ hasn't risen from the grave, then our faith is in vain. Our faith and the value of it is because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because of the blood of Jesus. That's what gives that precious faith its value is the death the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus, how many know Jesus lived by faith? From the time he woke up to the time he laid down. And he even told, I'm going to paraphrase, he even was telling people and his disciples, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to be in the grave three days. He said, but on the third day, I am going to rise again. You understand why our faith has its value? It's because Jesus died, but he didn't stay dead. <laughs> and that same faith that was in Jesus, that same faith that overcomes death, the grave, that same faith is in you and in me right now. It's in you, brother. It's in you. It's in me. That same faith. That's what gives. That's why the, Faith is not just another subject that we teach about. 
Faith is, you know, a lot of people have put their faith in principles, but they don't have fellowship with God. Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which he's given to me. It's not just principles. We want to know, you know, Jesus, even the religious people of his day, he told the Pharisees, he said, search the scriptures. He said, in them you think you have life. He put those scriptures testify of me, but you won't come to me that you may have life. They knew scriptures. They could quote the law. They, they knew, and watch, you know, think about this. These people knew the time Jesus would be born, where he would be born at. But you know not one Pharisee showed up. It was the shepherds and it was the wise men, the non-religious people, which tells me something about people who've got a head full of scripture. They're full of pride, full of religious knowledge, but because of pride, they miss what God's trying to get to them. I worked with a guy years ago, Goshen, Alabama. Some of y'all know where that is. The man could quote scripture, I mean, like this. And he was a good guy, but you know, I said, man, wow. I said, where do you go to church at? He said, I don't go to church. He said, I'm not even born again. Listen to me. He believed that Jesus was the son of God, but he didn't believe in his heart. He didn't, he had, he, he told me. He didn't want to be a Christian. He just liked reading the Bible. He had a head full of scripture, head full of Bible knowledge, but it didn't change him because he didn't want to be changed. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees. Search the scriptures. You, you think in them you have eternal life, but those scriptures testify of me, and you won't come to me that you can have eternal life. So it's not just about accumulating a bunch of knowledge and impressing people with how much scripture you can quote. Amen? Amen. Nothing wrong. We should, we, should, right. we, we, we should memorize things. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But it's more than just about gathering a bunch of information. It's about transformation. Amen? Transformation. We're talking about precious faith. Oh, man, precious faith. So the blood of Jesus is what gives that faith that's in you right now its value. Which means if the blood of Jesus gives it value, that means I overcome every time that I walk in faith. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what I, well, I'm looking out here. Amen? Let me read you the Amplified translations uh, about, about our faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 in the, Amplified says, in the Amplified says, And if Christ has not risen, then our preaching is in vain. It amounts to nothing. And your faith is devoid of truth. And it's fruitless. Your faith is without effect. It's empty. It's imaginary. It's unfounded. So what gives the faith that's in us its value? It's the death, the, resur the, the, the life, the death, the burial, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and his present day ministry right now. Because how many believe that he's, he ever lives to intercede for us? He's at the right hand of the Father right now. Doesn't that, doesn't that mean do something to your faith? Amen. Well, turn with me to, to the Gospel of Matthew. Ooh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting ministered to myself by the Holy Spirit. 
Man, words of life. The words Jesus speaks, they're life. And the, the word of God is, is talked about as water. He t- Jesus talked about the water. Now, now are you clean through the word that I have spoken by the washing of the water of the word. There's just a refreshing that comes when the word of God goes forth. And we hear and not just to hear, just to be hearing, but here to take it in, let it change us. Now, Matthew 8, we're very familiar with the story, the centurion. Matthew 8, look at verse 5. When you're there, say, I'm there. And when Jesus was entered in Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, notice Jesus, he didn't hesitate, I will come and heal him. I will. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Mm-mm-mm. Everybody say that with me. Speak the word, speak the word. Only. only. And he said, my servant shall be healed. He said, for I'm a man under authority, I, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, now that's what Jesus said. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to them, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Think about that. I wonder, I wonder, because Jesus' 12 disciples was with him, he ain't even found that great a faith amongst them. <laughs> Think about that. He said, I haven't found this kind of faith, this kind of great faith, no, no not in Israel. And undoubtedly, he ain't found it amongst the 12 that was walking with him. Because he wouldn't have said, I haven't found it. But here's something else. If Jesus... Undoubtedly, well, there ain't no doubt about it. Jesus, the Father, and the Father God, they put a high premium on faith, real faith. I mean, think about it. Jesus was, he marveled about this. Think about that. Jesus marveled at this centurion's faith. You know, Revelation talks about the faith of Jesus. You know, you're talking about something that would get God's attention is real faith, real, genuine faith. And the good news, if you're born again, you have obtained, right now, you have in you like precious faith. You have the same kind of faith in you that Jesus has. Not had, but has. Because faith is eternal. Faith doesn't end. You can't separate faith and fellowship. You can't separate faith from God. Amen. So what I want to do, I'm going to look at some things about hindrances to faith, why some people aren't walking in, uh, in a more of an awareness, some hindrances. But I want you to understand, God has ordained, not your pastor, not just your pastor, not just the famous preacher on TV, not just people who you think may know a lot of scripture. God has ordained that us, everybody say me. God has ordained, he's called you that you should walk and live by faith. 
And if you're going to please God, faith is not an option. Plain and simple. Hebrews 11 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you have a heart to please God and you want to walk with him, faith isn't an option. If you want to walk in those steps that God's ordered for you, it's not enough just to read it there and rejoice about it. You've got to take some steps of faith in those steps he's ordered for you. And without faith, without taking a step, you're going to be like that impala. You're just going to sit there and, be in, and, and let a three-foot wall keep you in. When God's already graced you and called you to live by faith. Tell me in Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Precious faith. I want to say precious faith. Say this with me. Say, I have precious faith. In me right now. Now, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Paul said, and I say with Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many would agree with? How many are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Hey, we don't, we don't need to let the devil and his crowd be more loud. We don't need to let them uh, uh, outshout us. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto whatever you need. Healing, deliverance, getting set free from being harassed by the devil. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. No, it's not the power of God just to everyone. It's the power of God unto everyone that believes. That's where faith comes in. How many know it's God's will? It's not God's will that people die lost without Christ. It's not his will that people perish. But how many know people are dying every day and going to hell without Christ? Well, whose fault is it? It's not God's. But he's already said, it's not my will that any man should perish but that all should come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. People have a choice. People have a choice. Amen. We have a choice. We can, as, as believers, we can choose to walk by faith or we can choose to let fear keep us grounded. It's a choice. It is absolutely a choice because either the gospel of Jesus, either it is the power of God and the grace of God in it to cause me to overcome, or it's not. Either the Bible is true or it's not. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. Now look at verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We should be moving, we should be growing in faith. Amen. Now notice he says the just. How many justified righteous folks we have here? Well, he says right here that the just, you, me, should live by faith. You'll see this phrase again in Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, and then right here it says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live just when he comes to church on Sunday morning. 
or when he goes to a midweek service. No, the just shall live by faith. As, as a husband, I shall live by faith. As a father, I shall live by faith. As an employee, I shall live by faith. As a church member at Gathering Church, I shall live by faith. I don't leave my faith in the church building when I walk out. I take my faith with me. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody need to hear that. I take my faith with me. The just shall live. Now, I want to say, when God says something, how many believe the, the, the word of God is, it's God breathed. It is the inspired word of God. If he said that you shall live by faith, then there is the grace and the power in that word to help you to live by faith. What we try to do, we try to live by faith. Lord gave me this analogy. If you look at fish in water, they just women having a good time. They're in their natural element. They're not trying to swim. They're just being and they're operating in their natural environment. Well, what happens to a Christian they get out of their natural environment. And what happens when you take a fish out of water? It starts flopping. Well, it's happened. You got many Christians who are not in their natural element. They're flipping and flopping around, trying to get free all the time. When God says, it's by faith. You know when you're struggling, you know you're not in faith when you begin to struggle. And it's a, it's a constant struggle. Because to a Christian, to a born-again Christian, you're called. God has graced you. He's given you word that you shall live by faith. Living by faith should be just as natural to us as, as water is to a fish. Even if he's swimming upstream, he still overcomes. Even if you face some trouble, even if you face trials here on earth, you still overcome because you're living in that faith. It's not you trying within much. It's not, listen. I lived that way a long time. It's my faith connected with his grace that causes me to overcome. Faith is our natural element. And it's when we step outside of faith and we try to figure things out in our noodle, we try to figure out how this is going to happen, how I'm going to do this. That's when we start opening the door to frustration and we start... We get open the door to fear. But we can be just like that fish. Excuse me. We can just be just like that fish in the water. We can just keep swimming. We can just keep swimming, doing what we were called to do. You know, God, when he spoke that word to fish, think about it. Nature automatically is just, when we was at Panama City a few weeks ago, and I was just looking out across the ocean and that water, that water is doing what God commanded it to do. But us humans, we so hard-headed. If the trees can obey God, if that fish can do what God commanded it to do and swim in water, how much more should we obey the command to live by faith? We try to make things hard. Faith, faith is simple. It's wrong, it's wrong thinking that makes faith hard. It's wrong teaching, not, not here, but I was raised up. I heard some good things, but some things were not so good. A lot of it was just based on outward stuff. If I looked this way, if I dressed this way, if I didn't do this, if I didn't do that. Well, 
that, that's not real Christianity. But real faith in a real God, man, that, there's a peace. There's a joy. And even if all hell comes against you, if you're in real faith, you can still smile and you can still laugh. And you can be swimming like that fish, just doing what it was called to do and what God told it to do. Think about that. It's so simple, we trip over it, don't we? But the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to look at some hindrances. I want to look at maybe some hindrances. And this may speak to somebody this morning. Um, now, well, the, tra- the, the, the Passion Translation in verse 17 says, says that this gospel, it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. When you were born again, by grace you were saved through faith, but we're not supposed to stop there. It says right here, I like, the tra- I like this translation, it says it moves us from just receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. Did you know that's power to living by faith? That can explain why a lot, a lot of Christians are weak, that they sense no power in their life because you're not living and walking by faith. If you're walking in real faith, real love of God, real faith, there's power in it. Amen. I want to look at some hindrances to faith. I want you to look at 1 Peter 1. You know, the Lord kind of gave me some. He, he'll talk to me the way I, you know, he'll talk to you Way you know the way that you can understand, but you know, if you have a say a pipe at home, a drain that's clogged up. Usually, sometimes we've got the you go get liquid drain oil or something and pour in there, and it unclogs the pipe, doesn't it? Well, a lot of people's faith pipe is clogged up, and what we do, we get the water of the word. And when we pour the water of the word down that faith pipe, it unclogs it. I sense in my heart there's some people here this morning, your faith pipe has been clogged up. No, I don't think. I know there's some people here this morning. Your faith pipe is clogged up. Well, the water, the washing of the water of the word is coming this morning, and he's unclogging that faith pipe. Instead of you trying to figure out what's wrong and doing natural things to try to fix a spiritual problem, let the word of God, let the spirit of God unclog that faith pipe this morning. Amen? That's why I sense he's doing it right now for people. Well, hindrances to faith. Well, what can cause, what can cause some clogs? Turn with me to 1 Peter 1, 18. If we go over a few minutes, everybody Okay. 1 Peter 1, 18, 21. Here's one big clog that it clogged up the faith pipe and, and hindering you to believe God. Not understanding or having a real and living revelation of how valuable you are to God. I want you to look at 1 Peter 1, 18 and 21. For as much as you know, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But you were, you were redeemed with what? The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who, was ver- who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for us, for you 
who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Now notice this, that your faith, whose faith? Your faith and hope might be in God. Now I want you to notice that how he's got your faith and your hope in God connected with the redemption in the blood of Jesus and your value. Our faith and hope in God is directly connected to the redemption that Jesus purchased with his own blood, which is directly connected with our value to him. Now, let me, now let me ask you this. How valuable is the blood of Jesus? Can you, can you put a price? If you was to have a container of the blood of Jesus and put it up for auction, can you put a price on it? You absolutely cannot. You can't even begin to put a price on the blood of Jesus. You can't. Think about that. I want you to meditate on this. has everything to do with precious faith and your faith and hope being in God. Think about that. I want you to ask yourself, how, how valuable? You can't even begin to even think about how valuable the blood of Jesus is. How priceless it is. Well, according to the word of God, it says that we want purchase with corruptible things of silver and gold. How many know that, that silver and gold, money, the money markets fluctuate. They go up and down. How many know the blood of Jesus doesn't increase and decrease in value? It's priceless. Well, let me ask you this. If I want to buy something, what makes an object? What, what, what determines the value of an object? That it's the value that somebody puts on it. It's the price that they're willing to pay for it. Did you know that God thought you were so valuable that he determined your value by the blood of Jesus. Now we, 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 we admit, we know, we acknowledge the, the blood of Jesus is priceless, invaluable. Well, that tells me that you and me are just as priceless, just as invaluable. Man, that are. Think about that. The blood of Jesus is priceless. It's in, you can't begin to put a price on it. Well, God determined my value, your value, because he said, hey, he's worth the blood of Jesus. That means, brother, your value doesn't decrease, go up and down in value. It's your value is in the blood of Jesus. My value isn't based on my skin color. It's not based upon my gender. It's not based upon my past. It's not based upon what I did or didn't do. It's based upon the blood of Jesus. And see, if you do not understand your value to God, if you do, you know, if you don't understand the blood of Jesus, you're not going to understand your value because that is your value, the blood of Jesus. You're priceless. And see, that clogs a lot of people's faith pop up because they don't recognize. And if you don't understand your value to Christ, you're going to let people determine your value. You're going to let their opinion of you determine your value. You're going to let the world determine your value. You're going to let unbelieving Christians determine your value. You'll let your mistakes in the past determine your value. Let me tell you a story. Sonia was there when it happened last year at Love Lady Center. We were ministering to ladies to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we started over here, and I'm working my way down. But when I got to this certain lady, I was led. I said, are you born again? 
She said, well, I don't know. I said, well, do you want to know? And then she started telling me. She said, well, she didn't think God would do anything for her. She was under condemnation because she'd only been there a few weeks. But she was on the streets, and her boyfriend pimped her out. She was a prostitute. And she determined what God would do for her based upon what she was. But I knew that God already determined her value. If I can get to see her to see how God values her and not how she thinks people value her, then she'd be born. Did you know, not church trained, don't, didn't know nothing about God. So I knew was that she got born again and got filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues within minutes. It was almost instant. Reminded me of Cornelius. She said, I, I can't keep speaking in this language. I said, well, keep going. <laughs> Religion would have said, no, you need to clean yourself up. I was raised like that. If we could clean ourselves up, we wouldn't need a Savior. <laughs> now, I do believe in a holy, godly life, but what people, what some people call holy and godly is nothing more than, than, than outward show. A prostitute, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Like this. It reminds me of a woman caught in adultery. We're valuable. See, her faith power was clogged up. But when the word of God, see, the word is a lamp. It's a light. The entrance of God's word, it'll give you light. It'll give you understanding. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had some more notes, but I, I believe I'm going to stop here. I was going to get into some things about esteeming the word of God. And I will share this with you. Hallelujah. Oh, man, the Lord is so good. 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 Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. The Lord is so good. The Lord is so good and his mercy endures forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoo, man. Guys, the Lord is so good. His mercy endures forever. The Lord is so good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is so good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this. The Lord brought it to my attention this morning while I was at the house. That may, I know there's a lady here, and that may be more than this. If this applies, I just know there's a lady. You know in your heart. <laughs> I believe it's, it may be your husband. You know God has called God placed his call on him to minister, and he's running from that call. He's supposed to be following the plan of God for his life. And you know, y'all supposed to be ministering together. The Lord wanted me to tell you it's going to come to pass. It will come to pass. 
keep fighting the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. That, that precious faith that's in you, don't let go of it. For those dreams and things that he's put in your heart, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. I want you to say, it will come to pass. 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 Hallelujah. It, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It shall come to pass. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord said he'll renew your youth like the eagles. He, he'll renew. No, I, I just sense in my heart that don't let the devil tell you you're too old, that, that, that you, you're just going to put things in spiritual cruise control. I, I could go to this person, but I'm not going to do it because Jesus said, whosoever will, let them. There's, a, there's an older lady here. God said some things to you when you was a little girl. You stepped into them a little bit as you got, was older, but you've stepped away from those things. And even when you lay down at night, those dreams are still there. But why do you think those dreams are still there? God's not done with you. It's not the end. So I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, he will renew your strength like the eagles. He will renew your strength like the eagles. Now, it's just a matter of you tapping into that faith that's in you and you stepping into those steps. What if Abraham would have decided, hey, I'm too old for God to use me? We're blessed today because of Abraham. They, these aren't just stories. Dreams. And these dreams aren't just dreams to, to they're dreams. See, God, see, the thing is, I hear a lot of people talk about destinies and dreams, and yeah, that's good. But it's not just so you magnify yourself. It's so God can magnify himself in you and through you. So I'm telling you today, and I'm especially telling that lady, in the name of Jesus, you rise up. And the Holy Spirit will give you light. He'll give you revelation. And he'll connect you. And he will renew your strength like the eagles. And your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. Amen. Glory to God. Man. I'm just... I just heard the Spirit of God say, tell her. If she's serious, tell her to come out and stand up here. And he's fishing the, I want to see. And we're not going to waste much time now. I'm going to dismiss. So I'm talking about a supernatural. Amen. Just a few minutes here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord is good. And his mercy. Endures forever. But you can carry that word with you. 
You can carry that word with you. Is anybody in here today, you got any kind of sickness or disease in your body? Any kind of, any kind of flu-like symptoms? Anything that, you don't, anything that Jesus redeemed us from? Headaches, anything. You want hands laid on you? Oh, come on up here. And you can be, you know, the anointing's here, so uh, you can be set free right now. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. What's going on? You ready to receive? Ready to receive? Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, here it comes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Whew, there's a refreshing. I, I don't know why, lady, you, in the, in the, I don't know if this means anything to you. The Lord said he's not, you're not waiting on him, he's waiting on you. I don't know what that means, but he may have something for you. And if you take a step, I, I, and now listen, I'll be the first time to tell you, if I miss it, I don't mind telling you. But I just know once you take a step, I don't know what that means. You'll see some things break loose for you. I, I don't know. You, you know what it means? But he, he's going to do it. But he said to tell you that he's not, you're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. Because he's already provided whatever it is. You just once you take that step, whatever it is, you're going to see him work. I don't know what that means, but. He's going to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is so good. Hallelujah. I, I don't know. Are y'all good? I just sense there's something else here. Let's just wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody you've been having trouble with your hip, you may have even had surgery on your leg area, hip area. Something been going on in your hip. Any kind of pain, anything. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you know. Good things, good things, good things, <laughs> good things. Don't be afraid to step out. You know, the Lord, time and time, he said, you know, I, I see a river flowing. You know, when you go, when you want to go jump in the creek, the creek doesn't come to you, does it? You go to the creek. There's a river flowing. There's an anointing, a river of anointing flowing. You got to come to it. Amen. Amen. Brother, I don't know you, but I just said and heard, heard the Holy Spirit say he's faithful. And a faithful man shall abound in blessings. There's going to be things coming to you because of your faithfulness. That when it happens, you're going to weep and you say, God, you're so good. It's so good. It's so good. Amen. Because God, 
Faithfulness is a big deal with God. Why do you think that when we enter heaven, those who have been faithful, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Did you know you can have a taste of that now? Amen. Of him saying, well done? Amen. He's telling them now, well done, Amen. good and faithful servant. Because a faithful man will abound in blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, guilt or anything? Praise God. Amen.
change his mind about what he's called you to do. He's not going to change his mind about what he's called you to do. He will not, he will not change his mind. Amen. Well, I like to forget about that. I think we're clear. I think we're clear. Keep drinking till you feel. You feel, keep drinking. I'm going to tell you what, and, and the Holy Spirit, he's so wonderful. And when we are able to pray in tongues, man, it just opens up a whole another supernatural avenue for the Lord to bless us. Well, how do y'all do the we ready to receive tithes and offerings? And uh, how do we do this? Just pray over it, then, then you dismiss. Amen. Let's pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Oh, before we go there, there's, I believe it's Hebrews 7. Here, here's another, if you never looked at tithing this way. But it says, it's in Hebrews that here men receive tithes. Here, but it says also in heaven that he receives them there. And it says that we testify of Jesus when we do that. So when you tithe, you're testifying that Jesus still lives. Amen. So how many ready to testify that Jesus still lives this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you've done. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to tithe and give an offerings. And we bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all.